Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. You're tuned into the first team. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. And today we're doing our next position ranking episode for our summer scouting series. Getting very close to the summer being done. And eventually we're going to be right in the thick of it for the college football season. Ryan, today, cornerbacks is who we're going about. Uh, I had said to you pre-show that I was a little underwhelmed by the group. You see it a little bit differently. I just feel that we've got... Some really talented, some some talented players at the top. One very talented player who I think everyone knows who that is. And then there's a little bit of who's who. Now, I know that there is time for guys to develop, and it's a position that usually requires some extra level of development before uh, you know the draft and the picks are in. But sure. I feel like I don't have enough guys to say, you know, four or five could go in the first round like it seems like every single year has been happening going forward. Well, I think that's the evaluation versus the valuation aspect of mm-hmm. this conversation, right? Like, uh, yes, I I mean, I agree with you because I looked at my list, Joe. I had 17 guys graded. I had two first rounders, one mid first, one late first. But then I had two second rounders, one true third rounder, two late third round grades, three fourth rounds, one fifth, one sixth, three sevens, and two PFAs. So in your uh, so from your perspective of four to five guys that are going in the first round, I agree. I, I don't think that there's a clear-cut four to five guys that right now I'd be like, yeah, throw them in the first-round conversation. But we yeah. are in summer scouting, so that will change. Guys will step up. The, one, a guy that's not even in the 17 guys I watched so far is going to vault himself up to being a first-round player come April. Like That's going to happen because it happens every single year. So – my opinion on this class is that I graded 17 players and 10 of them, 10 out of 17, so well over half, got fourth round or better grades. I think that there is a volume to this class. I think there's a lot of depth, and I think that there is a dude up top and another dude that I think could potentially be a dude, like potential top 20 pick if he's developed properly. So I'm excited about this class, man. Out of 17, only two got PFA grades, so I had 15 draftable grades out of 17 that wow. I watched. I'm excited about this, the depth of this class especially. I think there's a lot of guys to get excited about. Maybe maybe my perception on the class is a little bit disrupted I, I, because I, think, I – here's Go yeah. ahead, go ahead. No, no. Well, I was going to say I think that yours is a micro perspective. Mine's from a macro perspective, right? Macro, I look oh, at so the Oh, so you're just trying to flex that you watch, you watch no. more guys. That's no, 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 no. What, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is, is what I'm looking at is the entirety of the class. I think the micro level is that you're looking and saying how many true first-round guys right now do yeah. I have in this class? Like, yeah, I think that it's just true. a macro versus micro conversation. For the summer scouting, for me – I get more excited about the depth of a class because I could see, you know, para- I could see trajectories a little bit more. For you, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that you're looking at this class and saying, how many guys am I willing to bet on right now as sure things? And I think that's a little scary because there's a few guys yeah. that I would not call sure things right now. They're not. There's well, projection let, let, let me let me reframe it. Yeah. I think that the reason why I came into the pre-show saying that is that. I didn't have a lot of guys that I 
I was really, really excited about. I have a lot of guys that I think are good football players that have upside, but I watched a lot of guys and I'm like, I can see it, but I, I'm not buying it right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little bit more. I wasn't as juiced up. I was a little bored watching some of these guys. I think that's kind of kind of where I'm coming at with, with my perspective on them. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code BELIEVE50. BetOnline has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, live in-game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at BetOnline. And again, make sure you use that promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I, I get it. I get. It. I think so. I think that you're. I, I don't. I don't know what the word would be for this, but I think that you were underwhelmed because well, not impatient. I think uh, the the worry is that like I see a bunch of of mid round guys in this class where I'm like, if they project well, they could be second third rounders. I think that what what you're not juiced up about is that maybe you didn't see a bunch of day two guys right now that you're like, oh, that guy's a first round pick if he's developed yeah. properly. Like maybe there's not right. a ton of that those guys. So maybe we're talking about a 2024 class that ends up being a little bit lower volume from that first round perspective. But like day two, it's like, dang, man, there's a bunch of corners that I could bet on being legitimate day two picks. Like maybe that's kind of how I'm looking at this class, but I'm excited about it, man. Like literally – for like cornerback five on this ranking today, there were two other guys that were in the conversation of trying to get onto that because I graded them so closely. For me, I just think that a, a disclaimer to put out there for people, because I usually do very well with cornerback um, grading. For me, I always value guys that can do more, right? Scheme mm-hmm. versatile players. So you're going to hear some guys maybe that even mentioned in this podcast where it's like they graded a little bit lower just because I think they're super scheme specific. Does that mean that they can't be good in that scheme? No, that's not what that means. They can be very good in that scheme. But for a couple of these guys, like Kalen King, when we get to him, it's like I can see him playing three to four different variations of coverages and being very, very good at those things. That's why I loved JC Horn coming out. That's why I didn't love a couple other guys that I would coin. Like, like who was that corner? Out of uh, Tariq Woolen out of UTSA last year. Yeah. It wasn't that Tariq wouldn't be good in a cover three system. Obviously, he was as a rookie for Seattle. But the thing was about him is that he would was only going to be good in that system. There was no other system that would have fit him well. And I tend to devalue those guys a little bit. And I value the guys that I think can do more. So just a little disclaimer before we get into this. All right, well, I'll start us off getting us into it. Uh, My number five guy, I end up going with Javon Bullard from Georgia. Um, Small, compact player, slot-specific, I think. I think he's very slot-specific because of his size. I wouldn't – I don't think that diminishes his ability to play outside, but he plays on a team that has so much defensive back talent that he's not asked to do much else. You know, he's going to be pushed inside because he's one of the smaller players. But I thought for that, I think that he is – you know, really, really athletic for his his profile. I think that he moves really, really well. He moves very smoothly. He sticks, uh, you know, really effectively with guys in coverage, which I really enjoyed. Um, I feel like he's one of those guys who just generally could be um, a, a slot receiver eraser. 
you know, one of those guys that just sticks with those smaller, more compact receivers, can shut them down and be very consistent on a rep to rep basis. I think he needs to improve a little bit on his reactions and his positioning, his reaction time. He's a little bit slow to make decisions, but I see the athleticism. I see the movement skills. Um, I see the hips. I think that, that Javon Bullard is probably my best and highest graded slot corner amongst this group. Funny enough, Joe, we, I think that we're going to have a little bit of a difference of opinion on some of these players, but I also had Javon Bullard as my fifth ranked player on my list. Oh. So we are a hundred percent on this one. I really like Javon's film. You know, he's a pure slot player. Like you said, last year they had Kelly Ringo playing outside. They had Kamari Lasseter as the other outside corner for the majority of the season. Bullard is that guy playing inside. And funny enough, I feel like every time we talk about a Georgia Bulldog, it's like former high four-star, five-star player. Javon Bullard was only a three-star player coming out of high school. He was not a highly rated kid. He has developed Mm -hmm. quicker than I think Georgia even anticipated. And like you said, I mean, this kid is a premier slot corner, I think, on the next level. Really smooth hips, really good change of direction. He's tenacious as well. Like, he'll get in guys' grills. He'll get into position. He's not afraid to back down. And then in the run game, and it's a blitzer off the off the, off the the slot, really good tackler, man. Like, he comes yeah. to balance well. He comes with force. He's only 5'11", 180 pounds, but he plays a whole lot bigger than that size. But weird note. He's actually, I was looking at some depth charts and our lads is usually very good with projecting, but also not always, but he's listed as a starting safety for him this year. So I don't know if there was like some positioning of him playing safety. Well, it's like Brian Branch being called a safety, but he's a slot corner. So it's, I'm just interested to see if they tuck him back as more of the true safety spot. You know who? He kind of gives me like the McCordy brothers vibes, you know, where it's mm. like he could kind of play a little bit of everywhere inside on the next level and be really good at it. But I think this kid, a third round grade for me, an early third round grade, I think that he is just going to be an easy starting slot of the next level and potential to be one of the better slot defenders in the NFL. We devalue that position as a draft yeah. perspective, not a league perspective. League loves those guys. But the best corners in the the best slot corners in the NFL right now or like day three players for the most part. You know, they're undrafted free agents like the Kenneth Kenny Moores of the world for the Indianapolis Colts. So Bullard might be drafted a little bit lower than a couple of the guys that didn't make my top five, but I just think that he's such an easy evaluation, man. He's just a really good inside corner at the next level. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there with Bullard. I just, again, really well-rounded, and I know that he's not big. He's not somebody who's going to come up and impact the catch point because he doesn't have the length. He doesn't have the, the play strength to do that. But yeah. the tackling is is why I'm excited about him. You need to be a good tackler to play primarily in the slot. And if he does play some safety, like I, I think he's got it in him. You know, he moves very freely and easily in space. So I think the more responsibilities you give the guy this year is going to help his draft stock. So uh, somewhere in that third round range is where yeah. I did project him. My number four player, because we both had the same number five, and I warned yes. you about this, and this ended oh, up happening. No. And I'm I'm sticking to it. I don't care, and you can hate. The blessed no grade on him uh, wasn't great, but uh, he was ranked, he was, was graded as a draftable player, so it's not like I'm far off. But I, I really like Zai Alexander, who is uh, a former Southeastern Louisiana corner who is going to be playing for LSU this year. I have confirmed that he is going to be starting outside. Him and Denver Harris are going to be playing outside as of right now, starting off training camp. If not, they're going to find a way to get him on the field, and maybe he plays some safety. 6'3", 185 is what he was listed at. I'm sure that he's going to add a little bit more bulk. Look, 
I don't know if we see the same level of athlete. I think that's where this this discrepancy is. But he is outside the normal framing of what is big for a corner. He is big as shit. My man is big. He has a lot of length. And I think that for a bigger corner, he's really physical. He knows how to use his body well. I think that he's got good bursts to close down gaps. Not a super you know, fluid open up guy. I think that he's maybe a little more zone specific, which is why yes. we have this, this, this disagreement. Yes. I, I don't know if he can shine in, in one-on-one situations. But for me, the biggest thing and I, I just want to see what he can do at LSU when given the opportunity to go up against these big dogs that he's going to be facing in the SEC. But the big thing that I love the most about him is he goes up and takes the football out of the air. Like he plays the corner position like a receiver. The ball skills are the best that I've watched amongst, I, I would, except maybe Kalen, Kalen King. I don't want to want to give that away so easily. But his ball skills are fantastic. I am banking on the upside, on his size, what he can do when the ball's in the air. I, I just, he's a playmaker. I think does, that not enough people talk about him because he was at Southeastern Louisiana. Does LSU list him at 6'3"? Is that what they list him as? Let's check. Oh, man. I want, I'm, I'm interested to see what they list him as on their site. Because I love when, I love when, uh, I love when. Hi, 6'2". Well, no, he's not. He's actually six one verified by Blesto. So <laughs> they don't know what they're they don't know what they're talking they about. Measure, they don't know how to measure Joe. Six okay. one verified, 185 pounds, does have very long. Four four seven forty though. So you Estimated. try to convince me he's not uh, No, 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 still, no. Though. I never said he couldn't run. I don't think okay. he can change direction very well. That's my that's my struggle with this type of play. Okay. I think Okay. Because I watched him when you brought him up for cross checks, right? I, I watched him. He's not my type, and I'll be fully transparent about that. I yeah. am not big on the six three. I mean, I'm sorry, of the long cover three heavy scheme specific corners. I'm not. I'm not big on those guys. Okay. Again, doesn't mean that Zion Alexander can't be a good football player in the NFL level. It's not what that means. That means that you're going to have to keep him on a vertical plane. You're not going to ask him to play off and and to change direction well and to, and to move laterally and to play man, a ton of man coverage. Like that's just not going to be his game. I do think he has great length, really long arms. I think he has really good ball skills to your points. I agree there. I just saw inconsistencies as far as changing direction. I didn't think he was the greatest tackler of all time either, which for like a bigger corner, I was hoping he was Fair. a little bit better of a tackler. Fair. We'll see though. Again, he's got it. The, the the hesitancy, especially that I have, Joe, is that we're talking about a kid that I thought was a real good player for Southeastern Louisiana, real good player, but he's going, he's going to play in the SEC now, right? So we'll see how well that translates. We will see. Mm. I could be completely off on Zai when all is said and done, but I am somewhere where I I I, I typically disagree a lot with Blesto, but I I'm there with Blesto on this one. I think he's a mid to late day three football player, which again. Nothing wrong with that. We'll see if he takes this next step. He does have traits to work with. I'm just a little bit hesitant on the the style. The style does not okay. usually parlay to, to me being a fan. That's just where I am. All right. Who's who's your number four? Cooper DeGene, cornerback out of Iowa, as my daughter just walked into the room. Uh, thanks, babe. <laughs> sorry, man. I know why. That You're was, good. Uh, yeah. Sorry, folks. Cooper DeGene, six foot two, 207 pounds. Has started at nickel corner 
as a as a in 2021 started pure outside corner this past year on the other side of Riley Moss. He's had experience not only playing nickel, not only playing corner. He's also played a little bit of safety in his career. Joe, a very unusual player for the University of Iowa. Iowa usually gets those pure three stars that they develop into players. Cooper was actually considered a four-star athlete by at least 247 Sports coming out of the state of Iowa. So he's an in-state kid that stayed at home, was a option quarterback in high school, was a really good one, man. Final two years, 25-0, and two-time state champion in the state of Iowa. Obviously, has now played pure outside. But I think the things that he has some track numbers too that I think kind of quantify him for me. I think this kid is a really explosive short area defender. He was never a 24 foot long jumper in high school. And I think that this young man is one of those scheme diverse players that is he going to be a pure off man corner all the time? No, I don't. I think that he's a little bit of a zone corner that can also play some press, but I also think he could play nickel. I think he could play inside. I think that he can do a little bit of everything. This kid has an incredible trigger, solid to good overall athlete, in my opinion. He's just tenacious, and I think he's got good instincts. So I think that he is a little bit scheme-specific to kind of how we were just coining that. But I think he's not scheme-specific in the sense that I think he could play a lot of different positions and add value to a football team. So I had a late second-round grade. Again, I'm not here... There was, I think it was Mel Kuyper had him in the first round of an early, way too early mock draft. I'm not mm. there. Like, I'm not there. But I think that for me, this kid is a young man that will give value to a secondary in multiple spots. And I like Cooper DeGene, man. I do. I, I, I'm i buying into him because I, I just think those Iowa kids are so well coached. And I think he's a better athlete than you usually see at Iowa in the secondary. Um, I had an early day three on him. He did not, not make bad, my man. top five. Not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my okay. So he's he's talking about big as shit. Like he's big as hell. Like he's, he's wide. He's, he's built big. like a running back. Like he is he is bulked up, which is weird to see for a corner. Can, can I add one yeah. more note too, Joe? He has yeah. really good ball skills and knack for making big plays. I mean, he had multiple pick sixes last year. He's had mm-hmm. what was it? I mean, he's had what, six or seven interceptions his first two or his last two years. He had five interceptions this past year. Thirteen pass breakups. Three tackles for loss, but out of the five interceptions he had, he took three back to the house, man. So he's got a little bit of playmaker with him, I think. I think he's really physical, and he's the yes. best tackler of the group. Yes. Um, I also think that his his awareness, his football IQ is great. Like, he just always yeah. knows where he needs to be. I think his long speed's pretty good. I'm sure he'll test very well there. I was underwhelmed, though by his change of direction ability. And I think that, that you kind of hid that you kind of hid that in there when you're talking about him because you said that like he, you know he might be better off in his own zone yeah. scheme. So that's basically yeah. what you're admitting to there. But- I, I, I understand what you're saying and I agree yeah. with it. I I just I, I don't I can't trust him one on one in man coverage. Um because I sure. think that there are times where quicker guys with quicker feet are just going to easily pull away from him. So, I do think can, that he starts and he's tr- like a sub package guy. I absolutely think that he is. Maybe he's a nickel guy or just a sub package guy. I think he gets onto the field for an NFL team. So you can't trust him in man coverage, but you can trust Zy Alexander in man coverage. I think Zy Alexander has better length than Cooper does. Uh, they man, probably their their long speed's not that far off. I don't think it's eh, that okay. Okay. I love his trigger, man. I really I think this kid could be a safety. I think he could be a nickel, and I think he'd be an outside corner in in certain specific coverages so i like cooper man. i, I, think he's good I see it i see it i think that he's a he's a good he's a really good football player yes i just don't know if i'm in love with 
the athleticism is kind of where I was trying to come down to earth. Joe hates white corners. All right. <laughs> Settle down. Which is um, funny because you're a Giants fan. I mean, weren't you a big Jason Seahorn fan back in the day? I, I was – I don't really remember Jason Seahorn, dude. I'm, you dude, forget I how young I am sometimes. I hated Jason Seahorn. I hated him, Joe, because he went to the Rams and he transitioned to safety mm-hmm. and he was absolutely terrible. Like he was a really bad player. One of the worst moments of my childhood – was the Rams played the Carolina Panthers in the playoffs when the Panthers actually went to the Super Bowl and they lost to the New England Patriots. That was like a Jake Delhomme, Stephen mm. Davis, Carolina Panthers. And the Rams were in overtime with that team. And Steve Smith caught this like deep slant. And Jason Seahorn came up and had an angle on him. And Smith just toasted his angle, dude. It went for six in overtime. I'm just like, thank you, Jason Seahorn. You scrub. Absolute scrub. Um, Thank you for that. The nice little anecdote. I, um, <laughs> Jason Seahorn ruined my childhood a little bit, man. So, you know, whatever. My uh, next guy, and this is actually really strange, at number three for me, I'm reading the notes that I wrote on him, and they're not very complimentary, but I gave him a really good grade, and he ended up as my third-ranked corner um, as like an early to mid-second rounder. Uh, yeah. Terry and Arnold from Alabama, who is I have at, at number three, which <laughs> which I think my me being negative on him is is very fitting for like who he is as a player. I, I think he just generally yeah. though fits the description of an Alabama corner. And we talked about it a little bit with Kool-Aid McKinstry, really good athlete. Um I, I don't think that his change of direction is is great, but it's good enough. I think he's a he is a willing tackler. He can make plays as a tackler. I think that where I was really excited about him was just what he can do to impact the catch point. And he's got, he's got pretty good length for a six foot corner. I think that he can do a lot when the ball is up in the air and he does just a really good job of keeping guys in front of him. Both these corners, man, both these corners for, for Alabama are, are really good. So he was, um, he was one of the two players that I had third round grades on that just missed my list. So Terry and Arnold had a late three for me. I agree. I I'd like a lot of the building blocks of Terry and Arnold just frustrated me a little bit uh, not a little bit he's frustrated me a lot on film man like there was a lot of good to your points I think that he uses his activates his length very well I think he has some press man instincts just there's just some sloppy footwork in there man there's just sometimes where there's just lapses you know and and it's funny enough is I think Kool-Aid McKinstry has some of those issues as well. I just think Kool-Aid's yes. a, just a different athlete than what Terry and Arnold yeah. is specifically. So Terry and just literally, I have my tier broken up here. He was the sixth guy on my list. So he nearly made it with a late third round grade. I had, mm-hmm. again, I had some guys in the mix there like Kim Hart from Notre Dame and Max Melton from Rutgers and Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, DJ James from Auburn. Like there was a really talented kind of like mid-tier of this class in my opinion. So Terry and just missed it for me. You know who I was a big fan of, though, Joe? Was a yes, who's your number three? Number three, second round grade, Nate Wiggins, cornerback out of Clemson, mm. is one of my guys. Did not watch him. It's all right, man. You'll get some eyes you on him. You told me to watch him, too, and I yeah. didn't get to him. Damn it. He, he, so Lorenz was the first guy that had told me about Nate. He's like, I, I haven't graded him, but I just saw flashes. Like, he might be worth a look. I went back and watched Nate Wiggins. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, if there if there's a guy right now that I would be willing to say could be a first rounder if he takes a leap, it's Nate Wiggins for me out of Clemson. Six two, only 175, 180 pounds right now. So this kid is long as heck, but he is not filled out yet. He's not, but he had 13 pass breakups last year. I believe he had one or two interceptions. 
But this kid, if I'm just talking about pure movement skills, he might be the most talented in this class. This kid, for being a 6'2 corner, changes direction so well. He can turn and run. He's fast. He's a really sticky man-to-man cover corner. And despite him being 175, 180 pounds, doesn't really lose with power down the field as much. Like He kind of disrupts the catch point pretty well. I just want to see him mature physically. Like I want to see him be 185, 190 pounds and just have a little bit more power behind him. Because in the Mm. run game, he's willing, he'll tackle, but it could be better, right? It could be better. I think the catch point prowess could be better. It's not bad, but it could be better. I think that his press tech at the line of scrimmage could be better. The building blocks, though, are fantastic. And he, he puts together a nice season of him just being a more consistent player and adding a little bit more power to the frame. I think Nate Wiggins could be a first-round pick, but I have him with a solid second-round grade right now out of Clemson. These types of movement skills are just pretty rare for 6'2 corner. You don't see that too often. This is not a scheme-specific player. This is a kid that I think could play press and off-man on the next level if he's developed properly. Yeah, I'm gonna. he's on my list of guys now of ones that we didn't get to, or I didn't get to for the show that once right. I'm done – you know, getting through all circle these position groups, to. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna circle back to on a couple guys, and him and like Troy Fotanu is is one of those guys that I'm I'm gonna circle back to, and I I knew that the guy was good, and I'm I feel like such a jackass for not watching him because I felt like I heard so many people talking about him, and his name kept popping up as like oh this this guy might be the you know that next uh, that next up the next AJ Terrell guy that comes out of out of Clemson and I missed them. It's, it's um, kind of weird though, Joe, because Clemson's secondary was largely not very good last year. So I know I some people, but he was the bright spot a little bit. Oh, he was, he was the bright spot. Yeah. He was the bright spot because the rest of the group was, was really bad. And then average, he was the yeah. one guy. <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, you, you may putting lipstick on a pig there, but well, I, I, mean, I, mean, I, I think the other, I think the safety they have Makuba is not a bad little player as well. So, I mean, there's some, there's some positives. It's just, yeah. The other corner back spot though was rough last year for Clemson. It was not yes. good. Not good. My number two. And I think that we're going to agree on these last two Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama. We yep. already broke him down. I think that the best way to describe him, just a really easy athlete. He just moves so easily and freely in space, his change of direction, his hips. He's just such a, a, a very, very, Fluid. That's the only way that I can use to describe him. There is, there are no issues. There are no slowdowns for him when he's moving in space. And he sticks with a lot of guys because of it. I'm curious what his long speed number is, but he also is good at, at closing down gaps if he does make a mistake. I think that there is some work that needs to be done just on his footwork, his positioning, his, his football IQ and just like knowing how to really win those angles, to really know how to win the, the body position game, because that's mm-hmm. how you go from being a, a good traitsy corner who I would take at the end of the first round uh, to an elite one that is going to be in that top 15 conversation. Uh, yeah. But the, the one thing, though, that does just hold me back a little bit, and I mentioned it, is I, I'm just I'm a little hesitant on the length because he's a six foot one corner, and I, I see shorter arms for a taller corner. And it feels like at times, unlike a lot of these other guys that we talked about and that I did watch this week, they use their arms to maintain distance with guys. They, that's like really good corner technique where you keep an arm on a guy, you keep it on his on his hip, and you, and you track him that way. I don't get a lot of that for Kool-Aid because his arms aren't long enough to do it. And I don't see enough tangible putting his arms up in the air to go make plays in the football. Terry and Arnold is able to do that. I don't get that from Kool-Aid, and that's my only hesitation, but I firmly place him at number two, and I don't see a way that he goes past my number one guy, 
but I still really like Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think that he's going to be a late first rounder. He, he was another guy that drove me crazy, man. I think that he is just such a gifted athlete because I think he can run. I think he's a really good change of direction player for as, as tall as he is, 6'1 corner. He is some lazy footwork at times, man. Like there's just some moments where I'm just like, he's just trying to bait too much. And I'm just like, man, like you would just put yourself in a lot better positioning there. Like you don't have to, I think you said yeah. it perfectly. Like he can cut down on mistakes and he could cut down on space because he's such a gifted mover. But man, there's some times where I'm just like, dude, like you made that a lot harder on yourself than you had to do. Like there's upside there. So I think we see Kool-Aid very similarly. I'm a little bit more excited about him. I think just because I think that those movement skills are pretty rare and he's going to yeah. work another year with Nick Saban. Like that's the thing, yeah. right? Like Nick Saban's a really good cornerback developer. And I think Kool-Aid is, one of the more talented athletes that he's they've had a corner in a few years now. I mean, I really do. So I think this kid has a chance to really vault himself up. He's already in the first round conversation, but I think he could be a top 15 to 20 pick when it's all said and done. Because yeah. They just don't make six, one guys that move like that, man. Like there's not a ton of those guys on the planet earth. And Kool-Aid's one of those guys. He has some special talent, special movement skills. I think his ball skills are pretty good. I just want him to be a little bit more of a, patient player like be patient man and then plays will come to you don't try to force the issue he's a little bit lax because i think he's just trying to bait guys all the time and i just think it's unnecessary at times but i like kool-aid's athleticism i think that he is a really talented athlete really talented athlete yeah no i i absolutely see the uh the athleticism there on tape our, our last guy though really epitomizes athleticism kalen king from yep. Penn State. You probably could have guessed the way that we described him on the scouting report episode. The guy is a freak. Like we just sat there, <clears throat> we just sat there and talked about how Kool-Aid is a, a great athlete. He moves really freely. Kalen King is a freakish athlete. He is yep. an elite rare athlete with doesn't lose any speed. Literally loses no speed when he has to open up and he has to transition and he has to cut. And I, I really want to know what his 40 time is because I this is a low four three guy, in my opinion. Like I see low four threes in his speed. He is so freaking fast. And then you see a lot of that, the athleticism playing into just a really good awareness, just knowing how to play with great positioning. And then I love the physicality. I love the way that he tackles and comes uphill. He's not afraid to hit and he wants to get his nose dirty and also makes plays in the football. So well-rounded. I've gone as far as to say this is a top 10 player, uh, top 10 pick graded player on my board. I don't have that many guys, but I think that he fits that description perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I have a mid-first on him right now, so we're not far off, Joe. I think this is a kid that's going to end up being a top 10 pick if he takes another step. I mean, he reminds me so much of Jair Alexander. I think that they have the ability to play outside and also play inside to a degree. I think that he's going to test similarly to Jair as well. Jair ran 4 3 8, 35-inch vert, 127 inches, so what's a 10 set in the broad jump. Stub four in the 20-yard shuttle and then a six seven one three cone. I imagine that we're going to see similar numbers to Kalen King. I mean, incredible change of direction. I think the long speed is good. I think that he can run with just about anybody. Tenacious player, man. Like, and really good instinctual awareness. Like, he kind of covers ground a ton. I mean, I think that he's a player that could play nickel. I think that he could play safety if he wanted to as well because I think he's got really smooth hips to work over top and he's a really good tackler. So this is my flavor an inside-out type of corner that can line up just about any type of body type that you want. He can match size. He can, mac, mac, he can match quickness. I love Kalen King, man. He is cornerback one in this class mm. pretty pretty firmly for me right now. 
That's going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button at Joe DeLeon at Rise and Draft. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.